Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. Welcome to today's podcast. Glad you could join us in this trying time that we're going through, not only here in the United States, but around the world. This has always been a very, very important message about this Christ life in Christ message by Warren Litzman. But now more than ever, it's so timely, so important, and we're so happy you could join us and be a part of this. We're going back in our archives and pick a four-part series. Today will be part one on following Paul. It's one of my favorite in the series, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Here's Warren. Greetings, dear friends. We're together again. We're together again, just praising the Lord, loving the Lord, and being blessed by the Lord. It's so good to be with you again, to be in this audience once more as we talk about the liberating secret, the great thing that God has done for human beings that's made a great change in their life. Before I get started today, I want to say a special word to one of our groups that listen into this program. There are folks over in the Philippine Islands. There, we started a Bible school several years ago, and we have any number of ministers that are preaching and sharing the gospel and starting churches. That's been several years now, and we have a number of churches that have been established for the glory of God. And I want to say a big thank you to all the folks in the Philippine Islands. May God bless you and use you and cause his love to come out of him to you. And then you can share it with a lost and dying world. Today I want to talk to you in the scriptures that have to do with the fact that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has patiently and wonderfully uh, made it possible for us to get together at this time. This is a real miracle that I can come to you on this program and, and share the gospel of Jesus with you. And I trust that uh, you and everybody else have been clued into what it is God is doing and that we are able to do just exactly what we're doing today. Well, we do what we're doing today for the simple reason that... Uh, the Lord wants his message to be shared, to be given. And it is my privilege to be able to give that message and to share that message with hungry hearts wherever they are. And I trust that we have a number that are listening to us today and are entering into the Spirit with us because we have some important things to say. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, we have a scripture that says a very important thing. It's a uh, Paul speaking, and he says, Be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. Now, believe it or not, the Apostle Paul says that 11 different ways in his epistles. So it was a very big thing to him. Be ye followers of me, he says, as I follow Christ. We remember Jesus of Nazareth said, Pick up your cross and follow me. But now we have a different direction to go. We're not going earthly to make this world a better place. We're going to the Father's house to be with our Father who has birthed us and has re rebirthed us and has caused us to come into the providence of His divine Spirit. And I trust that you're ready for that because that's the big thing that's really happening on this earth. God is getting a people together 
to come into his house. But to get there, the only man that knows how to get to the Father's house in this new dispensation, in this dispensation of grace, is the Apostle Paul. So he says very plainly, follow me as I follow Christ. Now that's plain enough, isn't it? If we keep on following Paul, we're going to end up right in the Father's house. Well, I have made this statement before on this broadcast, and I'll make it again. That so many people, when they hear that, say, I'm not going to follow a man. If you don't follow this man, Paul, the father of grace on this earth right now, the one who led us into grace, created the body of Christ, and caused us to understand the cross as no one else in the whole of the Bible, this man says, follow me. There's no one else you can follow. There's no one else to whom God gave the instructions of how to get out of this world into the Father's house and into the things that God is dealing with us on. And I trust that you can take that to heart. And maybe you want to find the different ways. I'm not going to minister them today, but we will at one time or another pick out those 11 times and talk about them right on this broadcast because the Apostle Paul was very sincere. Why did he say that? Follow me as I follow Christ. It's very simple. He is the only one God gave the final gospel to. He didn't give it to anybody else. That's for the born again. That's for those that have been washed in the blood. That's for those who have followed Christ in their salvation. These people are the ones that Paul is addressing and talking to. And so we want to pay very special attention to him if we're going to go where we've got to go in this journey. Following Paul as we follow him. There is a scripture over in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians that says of Paul that I have helped to build a solid base for this truth. I have done my best to build a solid base for this message of Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, God gave it to me and told me to give it to you. That's why we follow Paul. Jesus gave him the message. And he turned around and said, now, Paul, I'm looking to you to give this message to other people. He didn't say that to Peter, James, or John. He didn't say that to anybody in the Old Testament. He said it distinctly and rightfully to the Apostle Paul. That's why Paul comes back and says, follow me as I follow Christ. It is in the following of Christ that we enter into the fullness of the glory and the plan of God. So as we follow Paul, we find several things are going to happen to us. One of the first things that's going to happen to us, Paul is going to lead us into the fatherhood of God. Into the fatherhood of God. Notice, he's never called father in the Old Testament. He's called father a number of times by Jesus of Nazareth. But Paul is the one who read, leads us right into this marvelous relationship with our father. If you're going to follow Paul, one of the first things you've got to get in your mind is that in following me, I'm going to take you first on this journey to the fatherhood of God. Fatherhood of God. What does that mean? That means that the one who has made you who you are as a Christian is your heavenly Father. Jesus, by his work on the cross, made it all possible. But it is the Father who has birthed you. It is the Father who has taken his own seed, his own sperm, so to speak, 
and put it in every believing sinner so that these would be able to see him as a father. Oh, how sad it is that multitudes of people have never entered into this relationship with the Heavenly Father. When I pray, I pray distinctly to the Heavenly Father. I pray with my whole mind on Him being a Father. I don't just pray to an Almighty God. That was a day that they did that in the Old Testament, but they don't do it now in grace. We pray distinctly to the Heavenly Father. Praying to the Heavenly Father is a wonderful attribute of grace. And if you haven't started doing that, I encourage you to do so. There's also a place for you to talk to Jesus. In your prayer life, you may want to talk to Christ. But remember, the Christ you're talking to is the Christ who lives in you. Now, there is Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's where he went when he translated off of this earth back to the Father's house. There's a Christ that sits there. That's the Son of God. That's the King of glory. That's the Lamb of God. But when you were born again, God did a wonderful thing. He took the spirit of that son and put him in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That means we're not in the family. We're not a part of this grand and glorious family that God has raised up in these last days called the Church of Jesus Christ, and more especially called the Body of Christ. I'm always hesitant to say what Paul said in that degree, the Church of Jesus Christ, because the Church of Jesus Christ these days has been so spoiled and has preached so little of the true gospel that it's a wonder people are coming to know who they are in Christ. But we who have been rebirthed by the Father, by the seed that he put in us, have entered into a glorious and wonderful relationship with God. He's not somebody who's just Almighty God to me, though he'll always be that. But by grace, he became my Heavenly Father. Actually, he became the only Father I have. My Father's long since departed this earth. But I have a Father who will never depart, who will never grow old with age, who is my Father. He is the one who rebirthed me. Now, that doesn't leave Christ out because Christ is the one that gives to the Father the option and the right to place his seed in us. The same seed that he placed in little Mary is the seed that he placed in us because it brings about the birthing of his son. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. It's the first in a series of messages from Warren Litzman on following Paul. In the meantime, we'd like to take a break and remind you that the Christ Life Fellowship offers group Bible study materials. They include a set of terrific workbooks covering the foundations of the Christ Life. The first in the series is called The Joy of Knowing Who I Am and is available in print and ebooks at the CLF store at www.christ-life.org slash store. Check that out. Now, back to Warren and following Paul. Born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's the one glorious liberty that God has given to souls on this earth. They can be born again. You don't have to live your old life. Your old life can die with Christ on the cross. 
but you can gloriously be born again. And I trust that this kind of thing is happening to you, that your new birth has taken a hold of you to where you see God as your Father. Jesus tried to get this across to the disciples. They asked him one day how to pray, and he said, Our Father, which art in heaven. Well, that didn't take very well because that interfered with Judaism and many of the doctrines they already had latched on to. But we know that when Jesus prayed his final prayer on this earth, he prayed it to the Father. He said, literally, Father, the hour is come. Talking about his death, talking about him entering into this relationship with human beings that no one in the Bible ever dreamt. God would allow his son to enter into so that when I accepted Jesus as my savior I entered into a relationship with the father and the son to where the seed of that son was placed in me not born again by corruptible seed that happened to me with my parents but born again by the incorruptible seed that's what it means to be saved dear friend you have the seed of God in you. You have the nature of God within you. But we're going to talk about that at another time. Right now I'm talking about the beginning of your new life in Christ. It all started with a seed from God. He wanted to be your father. Now that's the first thing that God wants to happen on this earth. He wants his seed to be in every one of his children so that when they get to his house, there'll be none of them strangers. There'll be none of them too far out. They won't come in with all their fancy and far out doctrines and ideas. They'll come in with the Spirit of Christ. He that is joined to the, to, to the Lord is one Spirit. That's what God would like in his house. That's what he's going to have. Now, the only place in the Scripture you're going to get a hold of that is in Paul's epistles. There's nobody else that talks about it. No one else that talks about God being our father and us being one of his birth children. Oh, Brother Peter comes close to it. Brother Peter says, being born again, not of the corruptible, but of the incorruptible seed. He lays it right out straight. But it is Paul to whom we go to to see all of the rudiments and all of the full understanding of who we are, who we are as children of God. We are his offsprings. We are the recipients of his seed. We are likened unto his only begotten son. So that not only was his seed placed in us to be like our father, but we were instantly joined to Christ in our salvation. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Well, this is found only in Paul's epistles. His epistles become a light to us. In this dark world we're living in, the only place in this blessed book we can go where we see the light of this day and the plan of God for this day is when we go to Paul's epistles. He is the one that God gave the information to. He is the one that God raised up supernaturally from being the meanest man on earth to being his chosen apostle to the Gentiles. He is the one that did that. And he did that because he wanted this man to be able to give us this message, to give us the final truth. The final truth is 
Christ in us is our hope of glory, not Judaism, not Pentecostalism, not the things of this world, not riches, not health, but the thing that is in us is this Christ. Christ liveth in me, Paul would say. And so the born again have entered into a new relationship with himself, with others, and with Almighty God our Father. When you get into Paul's epistles, you're going to discover something important. The first thing you'll discover is that the Apostle Paul gives us no prophecy. Now, I know you can turn a number of his scriptures into a prophetic thing, but he does not give us any cultural or critical cultures concerning our life, concerning our world that we live in. Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he give us these critical thoughts and ideas that run this world? It'd be so important if one or two of us knew exactly what God was doing, but he's not giving that information to anybody. And so people often come to me and say, well, why is it God doesn't stop storms? Why doesn't he stop tornadoes? Why doesn't he stop hurricanes? Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? It's very simple, friends. He put his son in us. His son is our life. We have the words from Paul concerning his son that helps us to live in this awesome time we're living in. We have only those things at hand to help us. You see, he's going to come get us one of these days. When he's ready, he's going to get everyone that has been rebirthed by his seed, and he's going to carry them up to heaven. We're going to live in the Father's house. That's what we were made for, remade for. That's what we had the firm foundation laid by the Apostle Paul, and the life in that foundation is Christ. And so he doesn't give us any prophecy. There's no prophecy in the Scriptures. And if I were to do an important thing for you today concerning your Bible, your Bible is either made up of prophecy or the mystery. I won't go into any detail on that right now, but listen to me. Your Bible has two parts to it. It's not Old and New Testament. Your Bible is made up of prophecy and the mystery. Prophecy is everything God is doing. He said in the Old Testament innumerable things. Many of them have already taken place. But he said many things by Jesus. He said many, many things by Jesus that are yet to take place. That's prophecy. Then we have the whole book of Revelation. That's prophecy. That's of things to come. The other part of your Bible, a very small portion of it, is the mystery. What is the mystery? The mystery in Colossians chapter 1 plainly says, Christ in us. The mystery is Christ in us. The hope of glory. Wouldn't it be a sad thing if somebody who lived on this earth, who believed this Bible, who, who preached this Bible, wouldn't it be a sad thing if they preached out of that Bible and never preached the great mystery? Wouldn't that be sad? They never preached the one thing God is doing to Gentiles. The one thing God is doing in these closing days of time for this earth. Wouldn't it be a sad thing if you sat in a church for 50 years and never heard the preacher preach to you that mystery? 
Now, there are plenty of preachers that are preaching the fact that uh, prophecy's taking place. There's some people that think everything God's doing is hinging on prophecy. And I'm going to have to tell you that I don't know one thing that's hinging on prophecy that has to do with the coming of our Lord. Now, when he comes back to this earth to be king of kings and lord of lords, there's innumerable prophecies that hang on that. But there's not one single prophecy that hangs on Jesus rapturing the body of Christ off of this earth into his glory and to his home. Well, it's important that you know that. So I've said two or three things now that are important for you this very, this very day. One of them is, we who have been rebirthed by the Father have a new Father. The people who stay on this earth and many of them who come to know the Lord in His day on this earth, they will never know Him as a Father as you and I do because that has come with the grace of God and by the cross. There's another thing I've talked about today. The only scriptures that relate this to anybody hungry to know is in Paul's epistles. His epistles relate that. And the other thing is, I'm here to tell you that there's no prophecy that I know of anywhere in the Bible that's going to tell us when he's coming back. I believe he's coming. I awaken every day and put my feet out of the bed onto the floor and say, maybe today, Lord, I'm ready. Maybe today. So many people are telling me, I wish you'd hurry up and come. So many Christians are weary with this old world. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Their prayer is that he would come soon. And he is coming soon. But with Christ in you, you don't have to worry about him coming soon. He already is your life. He already is your substance. He already lives within you. So we never get upset. We never, we never get beside ourselves because he doesn't come. He has never failed us. And the reason he doesn't fail us is because he lives in us. Christ liveth in me, Paul would say. You've got to say the same thing. That's a part of that gospel he brings that nobody else brings or has anything to do with. Just simply the words, Christ liveth in me. Well, I got to quit. My time is up. I try to stay with you as long as I can, but I have no more time today, and I'll be back tomorrow at this same time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Christ. And look up. Your departure is soon at hand. Look for him every day and you won't be disappointed. We hope you've enjoyed today's message from Warren Litzman. This has been part one of a series on following Paul. This podcast is available on most major podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. You can download your favorite podcast app and listen on your device. Also, again, let us remind you, if you are interested in a home church fellowship group of your own, please go to the website, christ-life.org, and find out how. Until next time, this is Brad Wilson, Loving the Christ Life.